Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Okay, everybody gather around, gather around. Everybody get a good seat. Is everybody comfortable? All right. Today, I want us to talk about one of the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah. His story is told in 2 Kings chapter 18, 19, and chapter 20. His name is Hezekiah. Now, the Bible tells us that Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old, and he reigned for 29 years over the southern kingdom of Judah. The Bible tells us some very interesting things about Hezekiah. Let's go through a few of them. In verse 3 of chapter 18, the Bible tells us that he did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. And then it goes on to tell us that he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. More than that, the Bible says for the reason why was because he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Well, those are very interesting things. Let's run through that list again. He did right in the sight of the Lord. He trusted in the Lord his God. He clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. And he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Well, what an an amazing description of a godly man. What an amazing description of a godly king. (laughs) Oh, that we had godly leaders like that in our homes, in our churches, and in our government today. Now, as you go on through these three chapters, you will find that Hezekiah was on friendly terms with Isaiah, the prophet, unlike other unrighteous kings who had, should we say, testy relationships with God's men, the prophets. Now, why was that? Well, it's because he walked in righteousness and humility. In times of national distress, he didn't blame God or God's man like Ahab before him did, calling Elijah the troubler of Israel. But rather, when trouble came, Hezekiah went to the temple and fell on his face before God in humility and cried out to the Lord. And then he listened to the word of the Lord through Isaiah the prophet, and he believed it, and he acted on it. In other words, as verse 5 in chapter 18 says, he trusted in the Lord. Later in these three chapters, we find that Hezekiah developed a terminal illness. And when that happened, he didn't blame God. He didn't get mad at God like many of my patients do when they develop a terminal illness. And they become angry at God. They become mad at God. They quit going to church and they quit 
affiliating with Christian people because they're so mad at God for allowing them to develop this terminal illness. They become bitter. And nobody wants to be around them because they're so angry and bitter. But this didn't happen to Hezekiah. He was a godly man. And when he developed this terminal illness, the Bible says that he prayed to the Lord. Rather than being angry and alienating himself from God, he, t- he prayed to the Lord. And the God answered his prayer and healed his illness and gave him additional years of life because of his prayer and because of his humility. The Bible says that God rewarded him because of his obedience to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 7 of chapter 18 that God was with him and God prospered him. You might ask, why was that? (laughs) Well, the Bible tells us it's because he obeyed the Lord. He obeyed and kept his commandments. But in the northern kingdom, at the very same time that Hezekiah was being obedient to the Lord, there was a pagan king named Hosea who was not being obedient to the Lord. And the northern kingdom was defeated in battle and carried off into exile by the Assyrians. And verse 12 of chapter 18 tells us exactly why. It's because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, their God. Very plainly, the Bible tells us why. Now, let's talk about you and me. You knew I would get around to you and me in a few moments, didn't you? Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. We demonstrate love for our Savior by walking in obedience. It's not complicated. We adhere to to the royal law. You remember when the Pharisee came to Jesus and he asked him what was the most important of all the laws. And Jesus looked at him and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you look at all of the law, if you love God with the greatest priority and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you will keep all of the law and all the prophets. In fact, Jesus said, on these two things hangs the law and the prophets. If you're conscientious about loving God and loving your neighbor, then you'll keep all of the law and all of the prophets. Well, some people would say to me, but I thought we were not under law, but we were under grace. We're no longer under the law, doctor. We're all under grace. And my answer to that is that's very true. We are saved by grace through faith. And we're sustained daily by grace. But listen, dear listener. But grace doesn't allow for license to sin. But rather, love demands that we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. You remember that's what the preacher said at the end of Ecclesiastes when he summed up the whole matter. And he said the conclusion of the matter is this, that we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Grace and love operating together in our hearts 
creates a, a sincere aversion to sin. And anything that would dishonor our great king or offend others or stain our testimony. It's not complicated, but it is hard. Why is it hard? It's because our lower nature that's so selfish and loves sin, prone to wander. Lord, I know it. Prone to leave the God I love. That's my lower nature. <laughs> and it's your lower nature too. Don't look so smug. You and I are just alike. Well, there's an interesting passage in Galatians 5, chapter 16. Let me read this to you. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. That's your lower nature. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. And you know that's true. Dear Christian, there's always a conflict between the desires of the Spirit and the desires of the flesh. And there's a conflict in your, in your soul, in your inner man. But it says, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Did you get that? If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now pay close attention. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, these are the things, the deeds of the flesh, that lead to law-breaking, defrauding, betrayal, cheating, stealing. Those are the deeds of the flesh. And these are the things that we should stay away from. But contrast that with the next verse. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now get what he says next. Against such things there is no law. There's no law that says you can't be loving and patient and kind and good and faithful and self-controlled. But you see, there's all manner of laws against immorality and impurity and envying and drunkenness and carousing and things like these. You see, those are the things that corrupt our society. The Bible says that whoever sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life and peace. Abundant, overflowing life. The fruit of the Spirit leads to abundant life. And there's no law against the fruit of the Spirit. 
Now listen, Hezekiah did right. He trusted in the Lord. He clung to the Lord and kept his commandments. And he, he, he didn't even have the indwelling Holy Spirit like you do. You see, you and I, the Bible says, are a temple of the Holy Spirit whom we have from God and we are not our own. And then it goes on to say, therefore glorify God in your mind and in your spirit. You see, when we become Christians, we become a temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in us. And the Spirit in us produces these fruits of the Spirit if we would just put to death that old man and live unto Christ and allow the Spirit in us to produce good fruit. Now listen, Hezekiah was an Old Testament personality and he chose to walk in righteousness. He kept the law of the Lord. He clung to the Lord and he walked in righteousness and that was his epitaph. That was the description of his life. You see, the Old Testament characters weren't constantly indwelt by Holy Spirit like you and I are when we are born again into the kingdom of God and sealed unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible talks about Samson and it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily and he tore the lion or he picked up the jawbone of a donkey and slew a thousand Philistines. Or it talks about Saul where the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied with the prophets. Or it talks about the, pro the prophets in the Old Testament, how the Spirit of the Lord came upon them and they spoke, thus saith the Lord. Those were temporary indwellings of the Spirit. But you and I, when we're born again into the kingdom of God, the Spirit comes to live within us. And it's a permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit in us allows us to produce the fruit of the Spirit in increasing measure as we submit ourselves to the presence and the power of Holy Spirit who lives within us, as we daily put to death the old man and learn to walk in righteousness. If Hezekiah, an Old Testament character who did not have the constant presence of Holy Spirit, could walk in righteousness and choose to do right and trust in the Lord and keep His commandments so that the Lord was with him and prospered him? The whole question I'm asking now is, what's your excuse? <laughs> what's holding you and me back from living a life like Hezekiah? You see, what will be the story of your life? We read the story of Hezekiah's life, what will your kids and your grandchildren say about you when you're dead and gone and they all gather at your house around the kitchen counter to eat ham biscuits and potato salad? You know that's exactly what they do. When somebody's cold, dead, and in the ground, they've all left the tent. The preacher said all that he's going to say. All the friends have gone and the families gathered around the kitchen counter and they start eating the ham biscuits and the potato salad and they start talking about the deceased person. And they say, oh, granddaddy, he was the best gardener. Grandma, she could make the best biscuits. 
Or will they say about you that granddaddy always did right in the sight of the Lord? Grandma, she always trusted in the Lord. Granddaddy always kept the commandments of the Lord. And the Lord was with them and he prospered them. Well, that's a choice that you and I have to make. And the benefit that you and I enjoy is the indwelling Holy Spirit. The challenge every day is that we would make Holy Spirit the president of our lives. Not just a resident, but the president of our life. Who produces in us good fruit. And allows us to do right. To trust in the Lord. To keep His commandments. So that the Lord would be with us and prosper us. Well, if you enjoy devotions with Dr. Papa, would you do me a favor? Would you follow, like, or share more than medicine with a friend? My wife and I pray every week that God would expand our border. In other words, expand our listening audience. Expand the influence that we have for the kingdom of God. You can help us with that by following liking, or sharing more than medicine with some of your friends. May the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.